Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. We got some topics, base running, pitch design, breakout breakouts. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, brought to you by Seat Geek. My name is Jimmy, sitting next to me is Jake. Trevor Plouffe in California and BBD behind the dish. As I said, this episode is brought to you by SeatGeek, as is the entire show. I went to SeatGeek today because Jake and I are going to go to a Yankees game on Thursday. I was looking at tickets. Very easy, Trev. You see the dots. Green dot. This is a good value. Yellow dot, eh. Red dot, no. Bad price for that seat. Makes it really easy. Click around, find your spot, grab it, enjoy the game. Don't worry, we've got the hookup. Use code TALKIN for $20 off tickets at SeatGeek. $20 off your first purchase with promo code TALKIN. Make sure you click the link in the description to download the app. Code TALKIN for $20 off your first SeatGeek order. All right, it is the midweek episode. Uh, Over the course of the season, the midweek episode, sometimes we'll have a guest. Sometimes we will uh, award the Talking Baseball. We'll give some pedals away. Big week next week. I think next week uh, we're giving away the first pedals for the JM All-Star team or whatever it is called. What do we call it? JM. The All-JM. All-JM team. And Very important. Uh, sometimes we'll go over our over-unders and see. Sometimes all three of us will bring a topic we want to talk about. That's what today is. Trev? Are you excited? Talk some ball. I am excited to talk some ball. I had a great baseball today with C Rose. He kind of got me fired up and uh, kind of stumbled into my topic today um, by watching a Max Freed highlight and then kind of having a little discussion with him. So my topic scares me a little bit, but I'm excited to share it, I guess, because sometimes people need to be scared. I don't know. Jake, what are you doing, man? Mm. Trev, James, PBD, everyone in the chat. Uh, I was wondering, Trev got juiced up, then I heard Max Freed. Max Freed always brings a little more out of you. I mean, that's your guy guy. Never mind the Braves prediction and everything last year. Max Freed gets a little, gets you a little more Roman ready than normal. I'm doing well, man. Uh, I'm doing well. Back in the teeth of this week. Uh, I mean, it's still, it's, it's still, I'm in the whirlwind. I think when that calendar hits May and we're giving out daisies, that's going to be a true signature moment for me. Like, your team's having a bad start. Mm. Your team's having a good start. And that's where I wanted to, uh, you guys saw I was trying to figure out how I wanted to quantify it, but like last year, you know, Vlad was kind of the breakout guy in a weird, in, of the year. I mean, Shohei in a way. But even like the Tyler O'Neal, the, the guy that, made that jump to the next level of, like, kind of all-JM team type status. I want to see who might, who might, maybe they're not even there right now, but some of the numbers are saying they could be on their way to a special year. So, uh, went through some of that. Now I'm jazzed up about some young special guys that might be on their way to, you know, nine-figure contract someday. Like, let's go. I'm jazzed up now. Jim? Let's go right into your segment. Fire me up. Who you got? Who's breaking out? Are we... Uh, I just it? did one. We'll okay. Out. Okay. Well, like I just said, um, you know, going through some of the advanced stats from last year, and we have the full body of work that led us to some of our guys. Trev, you mentioned this guy last episode, so I'm not even really talking about him. Ty France has been on the, the tip of everyone's lips. You passing... All the expected stats are there. I'm almost already over it. Sorry, Ty France. Actually, no. I hope he's breaking out, and I hope he's the study is. But what if I told you I got a couple young guys, a couple deeper cuts on teams that might be a big part of this season? There is a guy whose advanced stats are off the chart. Former top prospect. A guy that's been waiting for his opportunity Behind a bunch of studs. Gavin Lux. Gavin Lux, former top five prospect. The Dodgers. Think about that, man. 
if Gavin Lux was on basically 90% of any other franchises, he would have been playing day in, day out for the past two, three years. Trev, you're a competitor, right? I am a competitor. Okay. We bust out the Bino board. You get that look in th- your eye. Wait, hold on. I thought that was like a rhetorical question. I didn't even answer that one. Okay. <laughs> I liked it either way. Yeah. I we got just to, had to say yes. Yeah. We got to a good yeah, result. Um, Gavin, that was the teacher was making sure you were listening. Gavin Lux. So far this year, the results are whatever. 367 on base, a 400 slug, one homer, one triple, couple swipes, Roman swipes. Um, the advanced stats are off the chart. I mean, the red bubbles on baseball savant are through the roof, whether you're looking at expected batting average, expected WOBA, expected on base. It's red across the board, and you know I love me some speed in baseball. 97th percentile for Gavin Lux. I didn't know my guy moved like that. Um, so that was one of those things that jumped off the chart to me, and it felt impactful as part of this season as like, can he make the leap to be a dude? The formula's all there. He is 24 years old still. And he's never really gotten... 24? 24. We've been talking about Gavin Lux for a few years now. He got his first kind of run last year, 102 games. Results probably under what he was looking for. How many starts? Uh, I can get there pretty quickly, I think. Um, let's see. 20... No. I've never been a math guy. Why would you? 50 plus 26. I, I think we're in the 80 range. Okay. So many ways to find that, and I just did a bad job of it. Um, 93, excuse me. So a chunk of starts, but he was moving all over. Second base, shortstop, left field. I uh, shouldn't have to do shortstop this year. He's not playing that. He's only been second base in left field. I'd still love it. Mostly second base. Nine starts there, four at left field. But Gavin Lux... I mean, circle it. Young guy, huge potential, great team, finally getting his full run. Like, I'm circling that with uh, this could be the year we're talking about Gavin Lux. Okay. Let me tell you. Okay. You know what I'm going to say about Gavin Lux? Got a lot of this kid's baseball cards. Oh, I didn't know that. A lot of rookie. (laughs) He didn't know that. A lot of rookie cards of Gavin Lux. I'm happy because. You're right. You come up, you're blocked by some studs. You get a little bit of run, but you never have a chance to really establish yourself. Um, when the time comes that you do get the opportunity, the only thing you can do is run with it. If you want to be in that organization, now if he didn't run with it and he, you know, ends up, you know, playing spottily with the Dodgers, he'll catch on with somebody else because he has the pedigree and he is a good baseball player. But he wants to be a Dodger. And to be a Dodger, you look at that lineup, you got to put up if you want to get any sort of playing time. That's one of the – people are saying it's one of the all-time lineups. So for Gavin Lux at 24 to go out there and run with the opportunity and do what he's been doing, I think it even means more to him because of the organization that he's in and the team that he's on. Um, but when you get performances like this from guys – maybe you're not, ex- you're not expecting um, – him to go out and, and be an MVP, but you get a nice solid performance like we're seeing out of Gavin Lux. I mean, th- that's how you win World Series. You have your guy guys do the guy guy things, and you have a Gavin Lux step up and just be himself. And it seems like he's feeling like himself and feeling comfortable now. And man, did was it him that they threw in center field a little bit last year? And it was like during hey, the playoffs. Yeah. Was it during the playoffs or was it he had one? I think, I think they did start him in the playoffs. Yeah, because that was that's a, tough. Yeah, that's really tough, man. Let's look that up, actually. And again, like, think about you're Gavin Lux. You're a top prospect. You're on the Dodgers. You're getting moved around. You're an infielder by trade. And then you find yourself, what was that, BBD? Five games in center field in the playoffs. I mean, that's a really tough ask. That's a really tough ask, and maybe that's also part of what, if you're Gavin Lux, you go in the offseason and you say, hey, screw that. <laughs> I'm going to hit so well that I'm going to I'm gonna grab that second base spot or something like that. So, um, And I didn't realize you had his cards, Trev. That's huge. You know I got all the young guys' cards. I need you all to step it up. I got I to gotta pay for a Teddy school. Uh, first rounder out of Kenosha. I like it. I like Wisconsin dudes. Hmm. 
don't know if that means anything to you, but just good hardworking individuals out there in Wisconsin. He looks like uh, his facial hair. He looks like uh, Luke Voigt light sometimes. Yeah. Luke Voigt's little brother. Family. Yeah. Family. So, uh, I mean, hey, Dodgers fans, you, uh, you needed that good news, right? You needed another piece to that team. Um, genuinely, and this isn't to be rude to Gavin Lux, how many guys on the Dodgers lineup would we mention before Gavin Lux? Mookie, Freddie, Trey, Muncie, Justin Turner, Will Smith, Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor. He's their, he's their nine-hole guy right now. <laughs> he would Gavin Lux, if he was on a lot of other teams, he'd be one of the first two, three names out of our mouth if we're talking about a baseball team. Um, so, uh, Gavin Lux, and you guys know I like to keep balance. I'm an ALNL guy, you know? I don't, I don't want to snob I think, up. I think Gavin Lux hasn't swung and missed a, like, a lot of fastballs this year at all, which is good for him. Good, and if, if you're, he might see a lot of fastballs because they'd rather give them to him than Mookie if he's following them in the lineup. Um, but something to track, you know, with, with a lot of young guys, sometimes if they start eating on the heater, they get a lot of the off-speed, but... What's 14 divided by 56? BBD? Yep. 14, 56. 25%. That's how oh, many yeah. times he's I, swung I knew that. It. I said that in my head. That's that how many good. times he's swung and missed at a fastball. It's actually pretty good. Because 14 times 4 is 56. Boom, math pod. Nailed it. He's got a 7% whiff percentage. Oh, on breaking balls. I read that wrong. Okay. Wow. He's good at breaking balls. Better pitch to be good at in a young career. Look at that. I'll go more generic statistic here. One that I love to look at, especially with the young guys. And you're talking about breakouts. This is one way to have a breakout. Eight walks, eight strikeouts. Yeah. Your fastball theory is correct. He's only seen 14 breaking balls this year. There you go. That he swung at. Feast at the bottom of that lineup. We um we talked a little bit about this. Uh, me and C. Rosie. You know, the, the indicator that a guy is going to come out of a slump, a uh, little bit of eye test. You can kind of see how he's taking pitches. Uh, once you start walking, you know, you might have an 0 for 3 day, but you have two walks. That's when you know things are about to happen for you because you are seeing the ball, you're tracking it, you're not just flailing at it. So um, you've seen that with Bellinger. Now he has, he has um, struck out a lot this year. Uh, but he was just looks better. Uh, so he passes the eye test. And now looking at Gavin Lux, and you know, you're talking about his swing and miss rate and the 88, the one to one, excuse me, uh, walk to strikeout is a great indicator of he's seeing the ball well and it'll continue. So the other guy, AL, NL, I think these teams are going to be talked about a lot this year. I think this these two teams might have been stimulated. The Chicago White Sox. Uh, there is a young guy on that team, a similar profile, a young guy, top 25 prospect. You guys know I've raved about this guy a lot, so maybe this is why I leaned into this topic. The baseball savant red bubbles are there. This guy is primed for a breakout after his first full big league season. Andrew Vaughn for the White Sox. Um, we've talked about the second half of that lineup. Trev, I know you've got the cards. Um, he's off to a really nice start early. 300, 364, a 939 OPS. I watched this guy a few times. I got kind of a young Josh Donaldson vibe from him. Uh, everyone says he is a hitter's hitter. Um, he's 24 years old as well. I think this guy has the potential to be one of these top-tier hitters that we talk about. The opportunity is there for him. Uh, especially with the White Sox kind of getting the injury bug a little bit. There are at-bats for him to have. He's going to climb up that lineup, I think. And, man, I, I love watching him play, and the baseball savant numbers love him as well. So I think there's a good chance that this guy, he's got the supporting cast. He doesn't have to feel the weight of the team. He can get his pitches and put up a big boy season. I think there are two guys at the end of the year we could be talking about special breakout seasons. That. Andrew Vaughn. Mm. Thick boy. Flopez. He's, he's six flat, 215 on baseball reference, so we all know what that means. Yeah. He's 5'11", 225. Yeah. Uh, he looks it when he's in the box. Big guy, uh, but you're right. Draft pedigree, first round, third overall out of Cal Berkeley. 
So not as smart as Jake and I. He's not a Stanford right. guy or anything like that. But, you know, got some brains there. I do like his swing a lot. He is going to get an extended run here. Uh, Eloy, soft tissue stuff with him. So he's going to get more of a chance. And he's crushing the ball right now. Absolutely crushing the bar now. I like I like both these guys. Lux and Vaughn, both 24-year-olds, just really doing it. Now that we've mastered Luis Robert's name, we have to master uh, Jimenez. It's it's uh, Aloy. Aloy, yeah. Aloy, like a hoy. Yeah, chips ahoy. Aloy. 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 So the the accents on the oy. Aloy. Yeah. Aloy. Yeah. Trev, you're right. I just. I, I did my a baseball savant random video because it's a hilarious page to click. Me and Jimmy do that uh, on talking Yanks PPPs before the season. Twenty twenty two, he's got a little he got a little more meat on the bone. I think he he, he was eating this off season, which I like. You know, I like that. Good for him. I hope he breaks out. He's he's um he's got a like a really consistent swing, and for a twenty four year old, I mean. I know that's it's really I mean, it's young for the big leagues, you know, especially he's already had a full season uh, before this. So it bodes well, just like Lux's one-to-one walkout to strikeout ratio. The consistency of his swing bodes well for him to continue to have consistency at the plate and his numbers. And, yeah, I think if, if there's any commenters that are trying to be uh, uh, snobby about it, because, you know, those guys were legit – draft picks and prospects, it's still going to that next level. Like, hey, Vladdy Guerrero was the number one prospect. He gave full two seasons, and it took time to click. Um, you know, Tyler O'Neill was a top 50 prospect. Took him a few years to click. Young, thick Austin Riley. Um, you know, it. there's, like we talk about in baseball, there's not an instant formula where, hey, top prospect, you're good. I think these guys, they could be the ones this year. Well, Ooh. shit, dude, it's hard. The it's big hard. leagues is hard. <laughs> I mean, and hitting is hard. And to do it's hard. And like when you get up there and have maybe, I don't want to say failure, but yeah, failure or your, uh, a level of success that you're not that used to reaching a higher level. I mean, it, it eats at you and you wonder why am I good enough? So, like, you know, you have to overcome that, the confidence factor. And all the only way you can do that is to get at bats. So, you know, if you're, if these guys getting the extended run is is what they need to develop and to become bona fide major league stars. That's like what you're talking about with Vladdy. It takes a couple of years. There's very few guys can just come in and be a guy guy right away. And those the ones that do that, we're talking about them every single day on this program. All right. Are those the two? Do you have a third? Those are the two. Okay. Those are Lux. The two. You want a Hail Mary one? You want a little bit more of a deep cut? Who? I guess the two deep cuts, ALNL again, would have been Owen Miller and Connor Joe. Uh, those guys are Oh, okay. Those guys are lighting up the stat page right now. Again, I'm for the real baseball fans. It's a guy not, named Connor Joe. Yeah, he's on he's on the Rockies. For the Rockies. He's he's your Connor Joe, huh? Yeah, Kelsey's been hyping him hard. He's uh just joking. Uh, he had a bomb yesterday. Too. He's, or Monday night. He's the dude. He's raking right now. So those Mr. Those, Joe. Those are the guys that are lighting up the the actual stats, the baseball savant, not as big prospects as the other cats, but you know, hey, maybe maybe it's all coming together for them. Koju. As was his Twitter account. I wonder if he goes by Ko oh Koju. There's like five O's after Kojo. Kojo, but it's would you think there would be an E there? It's J O O O O O. Well, you know the dog, Cujo. Kojo. I want to go next. Oh, I Trev, have. You're up uh, next because you are the tops, and you like yeah the tops world. You're all about it. You can showcase your favorite player and teams with this fan base favorite set that they have released to start the 2022 MLB season. Series 1 Baseball NFT Collection drops on April 28th at 1 p.m. TopsNFTs.com. Highly anticipated release includes brand new products such as Stars of MLB Chrome, Generation Now, Ultra Short Print, Team Cube 
and a special 1987 35th anniversary motion set. Officially licensed Tops NFTs set the stage for an incredible and unforgettable 2022 baseball season. Create a free Tops NFT account in just four easy steps to make sure you're ready to go for the pack sale this Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Trev, you are the Tops, and you want to talk about your favorite position on a baseball field. Yeah, it's it's very scary for me to talk about this. I, I, I do feel like I, I, I joke about it a lot, but I think it's a problem for baseball. Uh, I think that the technology that the pitchers possess right now has put them at somewhat of, I don't want to call it an unfair advantage because people are going to call me soft, but they already have the overwhelming advantage, obviously, but this is just adding another level to it. Um, and I don't know where we where we go from here. Like where do, where do the hitters get to catch up? And I, this all got sparked by a pitch. I saw Max Fried throw. It was 96 mile an hour slider is what it looked like. He threw to Freddie Freeman when he was in LA. And I, I asked him, I said, did you just get around this one? Or like, what the hell was that? He said, yeah, just a sinker. I pulled. And my question to him was, could you, if you threw that pitch on accident in a bullpen session, could you have the data and try to recreate it? Or would you have the data and would you try to recreate it? And his response to me was, in the offseason, yes. In the, during the season, we're not going to tinker too much. And that kind of blew my mind. Like, you can accidentally throw a pitch or see somebody else throw a pitch and get the data on it and do it yourself. And we're seeing this throughout the organizations. We're seeing uh, the Dodgers throw their Frisbee slider. Um, the Yankees are doing something as well, right? Uh, they they're, calling a, it the, they're calling it the whirly, but the it's whirly. the same shifted whatever. What's and I the think pitch it's kind of the same thing. I want to find it. You how fast? It's more horizontal. Oh, the pitch? Yeah, yeah. How fast did you say it was? It was 96. I think he struck Freeman out on it. Let's go back to the highlights. It's it I looks it. it's like found scary. It. Okay. Uh, so organizations are buying into this. Um, and I've been I read an article, Mike uh, Petriello. I'm going to link this in the description. Wrote an article about six people who have changed their repertoire. Uh, during the season. So I started reading up on that. And two of our favorite uh, guys were on. Are you going to watch it? Here we go. Is this the one you're talking about? I think. Uh, let's see. It's a 2-2 pitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I said, what is that pitch? <laughs> I think that's the one. What did they label that? A sinker? He is, it was a sinker. a sinker. I asked him. <laughs> he pulls it, but it looks like a slider, right? Look at that thing. At 96 miles an hour. <laughs> now, yeah. if he had the Edgertronic cameras even be going that Soto. That's what I was It yeah. looks like a slider. That's gross. <laughs> so, people can recreate this pitch. So, anyways, this article that we're going to link down here talked about some people. Two of our favorite guys are mentioning it. Nestor Cortez and uh, Kyle Gibson. Mm. So, I texted Gibby this morning. I said, hey, here's your changes. Talk to me about it. He sent me a thing in. And now... I'm going to give him a call. He's on his way to the field right now. We're going to talk to him right now. I'm going to try to do it here, okay? Whoa. You're going to tell him he's on? He knows. Oh, you, wow. We're going to be able to patch him through? You should have a speaker? I'll try. Maybe you guys might have to call him. Hello. Gibby. Yo. How you doing? It's Jimmy. Uh, let's see if you can hear Trev. Trev, talk. What? What's up, Ginge? <laughs> TP was yes. Nice. All right, great. Technology worked. Technology works. You're scaring it. Trev, Gibby. He's he's getting scared of your your pitchers and you guys doing stuff in the lab. <laughs> scared of him doing stuff in the lab? Is that what he said? Uh, yeah, I got I got questions for you, okay? Because every day we sit up here, we look at these pitchers get better and better. I read articles about all the technology that you guys have, the pitch design yep. labs, everything like that. I need to I need you to either confirm my. Uh, these rumors we're hearing or deny them. Okay. All right. Here's what sparked this whole discussion. Max freed threw a 96 mile an hour slider, but what really happened was he pulled a two seamer and it was against okay. Freddie Freeman. After the game, I texted Max. I said, what the hell was that? And he said, I, I pulled the two seamer. And then I said, if you were in a bullpen session and you had the data, could you recreate that? And his answer to me was during the off season, Yes, but during the season, they wouldn't want to tinker with something like that. Is that true? Like, can you just go in and, like, if you throw, like, a nasty pitch on accident, could you go and try to recreate that? Um, well, I would, I would love to say that I can recreate a 96-mile 
slider, but I cannot. Um, <laughs> okay, but, but within your velocity. What, but what what I have done and what I worked on this last time through was taking my slider and turning it on its side more. And I took my slider from about negative four horizontal. So I think I had one at negative 12 yesterday. So, you know, added eight inches of left-hand movement. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, if if you kind of know what you're doing, um, yeah, you can – you can recreate a lot of things like that. You know, I'm, I'm learning so much about how the pitch actually comes out of your hand. And, you know, you look at like a Brad hand slider or the one that uh, like Walker Bueller and these guys are throwing, that's going, you know, a big sweeper. They're actually holding a two seam fastball. And instead of train tracking, like pronating it, like it would be for a two seamer, they're, you know, coming down the straight side of the baseball and they're just letting it rip. And that's how they're getting so much side to side. That's where everyone's but, going with it. Now the Dodgers and the Yankees are both going for the horizontal plane. Is that like a uh, zag when everyone's zigging thing or like wh- so, why, why the change that way? So for me, I did it because all of a sudden my slider was going more down, which isn't always a bad thing, right? I mean, you got like Irvin Santana who had an elite down slider and you know, a lot of guys do it, but I also have the curveball that, you know, goes down so i wanted it to have more separation for my curveball because my curveball is having like three to four negative uh movement as well so my slider was basically just dropping less and harder um so i said and and the pitching coach caleb was like hey what if we turn the slider sideways a little bit and then you know if you look at the movement profile you don't have anything right over top of one another up and down you know you take that slider and you take it to my goal was seven or eight of side to side, and I ended up with with ten to twelve at times. So, um, I mean, it's it's definitely a thing because you know, you know, I mean, you want pitches that are moving different, breaking different planes, different speeds, giving you different looks all the time. And uh, yeah, I think about that as a hitter. You're talking about instead of having two pitches with you know kind of vertical movement, now you're having to battle against your curveball that has vertical movement, your slider that goes horizontal, your sinker that goes one way, your cutter that goes the other way. Or for, like you can't cover all those quadrants. You can't cover all those pitches at the same time. So I, I, I understand that's coming from. Me, yeah, I think the other thing it does for me is like you know everything I throw goes down. Um, so if I can have a slider that you know goes left more you know i think it makes the righties not be able to just dive down as much you know they have to respect it going away from them and kind of what i found yesterday was that you know guys were running out of bat more often um on the one that was going away from them um and i don't know if it was just coming out flatter or maybe it was going left you know later versus sometimes you know gravity just takes it down a little bit sooner so they can either spit on it or or you know foul it off a little bit easier but um you know, kind of my hope is that, you know, righties will run out of bat a little bit more. Is that all hand orientation? Like, is it grip and how you release it? Is that kind of everything? So I tried to work with the grip um, before the Colorado game in Colorado, and they were spinning out of my hand, and I was hanging a bunch of them. So also Colorado. I said, all right. But yeah, but it was before I got there, too. It was in, wow. in Philly during my bullpen. Like, it was just, it was almost like just swimming out of my hand. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, it, it wasn't even spinning out right. So, what I ended up doing with my hand was, was, was instead of, instead of changing my grip, I just tried to make sure my delivery was not causing me to force the ball downward. So, kind of keeping my hand more on side of the baseball and sticking with my old grip. But I have a tendency, especially when I'm going, you know, down and away to righties, you know, even with my sinker, I have a tendency to kind of force it down there, you know, because I don't want it running over the plate. You know, I want it sinking going down. And I think I was just, you know, kind of having a tendency to do that with my slider now. So my slider was just naturally going down more. So what I just tried to do was try to just stay on side of the ball a little bit and uh, not let my release point climb up and, kind of naturally that just took it from a you know a negative four to a you know the negative you know 10 that i was getting yesterday i got i got two questions for you one is is jake and i just did a whole episode on the yankees about how they added the 
the two-seam sweeping slider, but also the yep. last two years they've added – all the starting pitchers have added cutters, which you have as yep. well. Is that to work yep. off the new slider, or is this just a separate revolution happening because the four-seam fastball is just dying? So cutter was separate for me. Um, and um, for me it was – I needed to do it because I do not have the ability. Well, I probably do have the ability, but it's just not something I work on. I, I couldn't tell you if I have the ability or not, but I don't have that good riding fastball for simmer that most guys have. So I can, I don't have good spin. You know, I can try to spin the heck out of it and I'll spin it at 2100. That's all I got. So, um, it just it's just how I am, and it's just how my my release point is. So instead of trying to you know really create that pitch and and try to find a way to get 19 or 20 inches of vertical, I just decided, especially for lefties, I, I'm going to work on a cutter that one protects my front hip sinker to lefties a little bit, and because that's a pitch that I use for freeze a lot. So I'm going to throw a cutter, and I just need something that's going to ride into the lefties because even my four-seamer runs back over the plate. So I needed something to help with my lefty splits because my lefty splits were, were getting pretty bad. Um, you know, they were leaning on my changeup, um, and my slider was really the only pitch that I had that that I could, you know, throw into them and, and get consistent swing and miss. So um, I just decided that, hey, I'm going to start throwing this cutter. I talked to Lance Lynn a lot about it. Uh, and Jake Odorizzi a lot about it and, um, you know, tried to, to kind of phase in a little bit in 2020, but um, just did it like the last start there of the year. Uh, and in 2021, just talked with Lance Moore and, and really decided that it was something that I needed to do against lefties. And, and this year I'm trying to do it more against righties, you know, pick my spots, but then also uh, throw it to both sides of the plate because I was really one-sided of the plate with it against lefties. Um, and, and now I'm trying to use a lot more backdoor to, to lefties. And then um, as I pick my spots to get comfortable, I'm try to, to front hip righties as well, especially early in the count and, and um, you know, find ways to take some pressure off the sinker a little bit so that that doesn't have to always be the pitch I throw inside the righties. So far, the numbers on the cutter are good. I don't know if you look at this stuff, but the expected batting average and slugging, it's the lowest of all your pitches this season. So that seems good. Yep. Yep. Things it's worked out. I don't know that I expected it to to be that good. Honestly, when I started throwing it in 2021, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, it just kind of it kind of morphed into a zone. And I think you know, there's times where I throw it too much. You know, there's like yesterday I tried to I tried to not throw it quite as much to lefties in. Try to throw more four seamers. Um, now I was facing the, the team for the same time. You know, back to back starts, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's just interesting because if a team hasn't faced me in the last year, uh, which a lot of these NL teams haven't, then, you know, the cutter is going to be something that is, uh, should be a pretty good pitch for me for that start. Nice. I, yeah. I got one more and we can let him go. Or do you have one, Jake? Do you want, you're dying to ask? I've got a question that's a little not baseball, so okay. I'll let you go yeah. first. All right. Great. All right. Last baseball <laughs> question for, for us. You know, we don't like to talk baseball around here. Yeah. Okay. 100%. I'm very curious about the technology. If a team said, for instance, the Rays went out and signed Corey Kluber. We know that he is a guy that, you know, has the the two seam or the cutter, the slider, you know, the, that slurf thing that he throws. Yeah. Would a team be able to like just grab him, say, like maybe he's not effective anymore. I'm not saying Corey is not effective, but a, a guy that's aged out of the league, maybe. Could you get him in? and say, just throw your slurve in front of our cameras. We just want to see your finger did, pressure, did your release, chat. and everything. So Yeah, Mike, but, like, Mike, does, it, well, does Mike, it work? Michael King had the same release point as Kluber, and they found that out via video. So they they King watched his numbers and stuff, and now he has Kluber's same breaking ball. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, my nightmare right there. So, so can your question is, can you take someone and say, hey, try to throw the Corey Kluber slurve and go for it? Is that your question? 
Well, like you have all the data, like you put Corey Kluber in this, in a pitch lab, you put him in front of the Rapsodo yeah. and hydrotonic cameras and you get all the numbers and you say, okay, these are the numbers. Here's the spin access. Here's the everything. Yeah. You have yeah. that now. Can you, is it, can a pitcher kind of like duplicate that if he does have a similar arm slot and can, and has a similar like uh velo threshold, is it easy to replicate uh, something like that? I mean, I think it could be. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to say no. I think, you know, some of it depends on, you know, how the pitcher's feel is, um, you know, like, in, I mean, you kind of know what I'm talking about, but like, you know, can a pitcher, can a pitcher take a baseball and, and can this guy make a slight turn on the baseball and, and change the axis pitch to pitch? You know, that takes some feel to be able to do that. You know, it takes some feel to be able to, to have in your mind what you want to do and actually do it. Um, it's one thing if all you have to do is set the ball up in your hand, you know, you see the grip and you just let it eat and then it happens. That's one thing. But if you're having to, to completely kind of change a pitch, it takes a little bit more feel. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, if the guy has a similar arm slot and and his body, you know, moves in a way that kind of lets him do it, yeah, I mean, I don't – I think that's how you've seen – you know, uh, I think that's how you've seen, you know, guys that have played with Trevor Bauer probably kind of go with this horizontal slider. And, and I think Bauer kind of got it from Kluber, too. So I think that's how you've seen this slider kind of work its way around the league is that, you know, guys see how it works. They get it on edutronic camera and they see it slow motion, how it's coming out, how it's being gripped, and they go out and try it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool how it's done, honestly. Is it cool, Gibby? Is it cool for a hitter? It's not cool for a hitter, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, one last question me, from Jake, cool? and we'll let you go. All right. Gibby, yeah, I, w- I wish you could have seen Trev's face this whole time. It looks like he was getting delivered, like, news that he's... <laughs> he's a bad diagnosis. Yes, he's getting a bad diagnosis Terminal. from a doctor. Um, it, Gibby, you know, I, I view the game a little differently. Um, sure, their pitching and numbers are great and stuff. Uh, your Phillies uh, are off and going. It's going to be a tough Annalise this year. People may forget you broke the internet a little bit last year right after Halloween uh, with your Willy Wonka costume. Do we think that comes in play for the Phils this year? If you have a complete game shutout or maybe if the Phils go on a 10-game winner, do we think we could get that during the season? So I'll, I'll tell you this, uh, when, if you would like me to just put that out there right now, I would be happy to dress up as Willy Wonka at any point if we get to a 10 game winning streak. So if that's the threshold that you want to set it at, uh, I will make sure that, uh, Elizabeth can, can mail that costume up, the top hat and the jacket, uh, I mean, I personally think the shirt was the, the flair of it all, so <laughs> a nice floral print. Uh, and Trevor knows very well that I actually can't pull that off unless it's in a Willy Wonka costume. So uh, I, if, if it's a 10-game win streak that you want to see the fills on, and if we get there, then, yeah, we can we can be Willy Wonka at some point. Beautiful. You can start the 10-game win streak if you just wear it to the field. Don't wait for the 10-game win streak. Oh, oh! You think you think it'll start it? Come on, Trev. Listen, listen. I think the Bills. We're just we're fighting to get going right now. We a game like last night is what gets you going. You know, as an offense, right? Like Deggy goes first to third up, two runs already, and ends up getting us two more runs just because of it. Uh, I mean, we're just we're ready to explode right now, man. It's uh, I hope you guys are on the bandwagon whenever it happens because once it happens, it's gonna happen quick, and we don't want to leave you guys behind. So speaking of exploding, did you tell Schwarber that you actually thought Angel was, you know, great back there? You liked the big strike zone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, All the pitchers so are, hell yeah, Angel. <laughs> I was standing next to the entrance of the dugout when he came back, and he, he said something like, I mean, I just had to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't fighting for himself. I somebody could have done that a lot longer ago, yeah. but uh, – he got his money worth. I thought the presentation was good, you know? Yeah. You missed him on this side. You missed him on that yeah. side. You missed him up. You missed him down. He, uh, he got his money Gibby. worth, and then he went back out for more, so it was good. 
I need you to take uh, Jimmy's breakdown, show it to Schwarbs if he hasn't already seen it, and make sure that Jimmy <laughs> didn't miss anything, okay? Okay. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, thank you, man. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks, Gib. All right. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate yeah. you. Talk Thanks, to you guys soon. Uh, Beavers, can you put that picture up again? <laughs> when you first put this picture out, yeah. can you make sure his kids' it was face e- aren't in it? I thought it was Eno Saris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. E- either way, you saw that, Trev, and you were Roman ready. And, yeah. And if you look at this picture, Gibby, and you're not, then you got to go to getroman.com slash talking, and you know, you'll, talk to a, you, uh, you'll talk to a licensed professional. But also, we're talking about something else, Trev. If you are Roman ready, but you're struggling with another symptom, yeah, not the ED, but the PE, mm. Roman's got something for you as well. They got the Roman swipes, clinically proven to help you last longer in bed. No prescription needed. PE treatments are safe, effective, and used by millions of men. You can get free two-day shipping if you go to GetRoman.com slash talking today. If you're approved, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's GetRoman.com slash talking today. You know, time to man up. I care about each and every one of you, it says right here. I want you to feel confident and to prioritize your health and your relationships. If you're ready to do that for yourself, start with Roman. And and get the swipes. And, yeah. and, and If you're not going 15 minutes, get the swipes. We are ready. 15 minutes is the ideal are, time. We've, I think we've already talked about oh. this. Well, might 15. Need, might need two swipes. <laughs> yeah, might need a half time. How do those work? Might need a half time swipe. <laughs> 15, that includes, you know... Preheating the oven. Oh, okay. Oh, baby. Yeah, everyone's got an oven. GetRoman.com slash talking today. If you're approved, you get $10 off. That was great. I'm glad that yeah. you had Gibby call in uh, and chat with him. Pretty, little, o- pretty open. A little midweek flex. You don't mind if I bring in Gibby, do you? He's, he thought I mean, of he's, it like a second before the show started, yeah. too. Gibby's just awesome. Well, I was going through this, and I texted Gibby just to, to see, like, you know, I want, in his words, tell me what's going on with your pitches, you know, their change. And he, you know, kind of gave me a little bit of background. He said, don't read too far into it. And I said, hey. Or then he offered to call in. So, yeah. And 10, he, was, 10 was fair for the Wonka, right? Yeah, 10's fair. You know, also, what well, he did, he transitioned perfectly into my segment of the yeah. show. He said what got the Phillies going was going first to third last night, which led, he said, led to two more runs. And I wanted to talk about taking the extra base. I wanted to just check in around the league. It's not been on my mind watching Anthony Rizzo play and how you don't need to be fast to take the extra base. You just need to have a high base running IQ, which is maybe more rare than speed in baseball these days. It does not seem like it's taught or around that much anymore. And it's really fun to watch. Rizzo's probably the highest IQ base runner I've seen in a long time. And the Yankees said they need to get faster and more aggressive on the base path. So I've been checking in on the Yanks to see if they're doing better. And then I figured I'd check in around the league what teams are doing this more. So if I want to look in at uh, first to third, right, the team that has done that the most is actually the Cubs, the Angels. Now, the Angels got a bunch of speed on their roster. Like really revamped uh, the speed. The Rangers also have speed on their roster, and I've gone first to third a bunch. But really, I just wanted to look at um, extra bases taken percentage, which is stolen bases. That's grabbing the extra base. Going first to third on a single, that's grabbing the extra base. Scoring from second on a single, that's grabbing the extra base. So if you're a base runner and you run more, you, you grab more bases than the batter does on his hit, extra base taken, so we have a percentage, and I just compared each team as we stand right now to last year. The Rangers have increased 22%. Well, they were 41% of the time taking the extra base. Now it's 63. So they, and it's Simeon, it's Seager's done it a bunch. Eli White. Mm, speedster. Every opportunity he's had to take an extra base, he has t- done that. Big MLB The Show speed guy, Jim. Yeah, it's not a lot. Right it's not a lot of opportunities, yeah. but he d- has done that. The Mets have also jumped a lot, and they change their personnel. They bring in Marte, Escobar, some other guys, and they jump up from 37% of the time to 52% of the time. And the Giants also, huge spike. Tyro Estrada was showing up in some numbers of like, they have all these weird numbers of how many competitive runs have you had, which means you, you go towards like your top gear. 
Trey Turner's like crazy and bolts and stuff like that. And, and Tyro Shadow was up there. Um, the Twins, they got a little faster, uh, but nothing is like the Rangers. That's and it's pretty nuts. So, I, as you saw, heard Gibby just say he testified. This is it's important if you can do that. You get out of the force. You can go first to third. And you open up scoring on a sack fly. Like going first to third is a huge play in baseball. And you don't have to be fast to do it. You just kind of be smart, be able to read the, know where the outfielders are, know their arm strength, and read the play. So the Yankees improved by 5%, if anyone, if any Yankees fans are wondering. Let's go. And then you can see like the individual leaders as well. Um, first. Uh, on first, when a single runner reaches third or scores. Ahmed Rosario. So that's who's been doing it for the Mets. He's got five. Marcus Simeon, that's who's been doing it for the Rangers. He's got five. Rosario? Oh, for Cleveland. Sorry, Guardians, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. For the Mets, it's actually really spread out. Dom Smith has one. McNeil had one last night. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And then uh, Jose Ramirez has some as well. Juan Soto. Just interesting. It's an aspect that isn't hasn't been doesn't get talked about base running and like you said, Trev. Like if you steal a base, that should go towards your OPS if that's what we're going for these days. But just to check in, Rangers. It's grabbing a lot of bags. It's interesting because as we you know enter the analytical phase of baseball, I mean that's what we're in now. There's a lot of data out there that you know, it was there before. It's just now it's categorized and we know how to interpret it and we're using it much more. <clears throat> I think at the beginning of that, we, you know, we've said, well, we got to score runs and what's the best way to score runs. Well, let's hit Homer. So a lot of rosters were starting to get guys that could drive the ball. And then that got incentivized. So you saw guys working out, getting bigger, because if you want to hit homers, you got to be stronger. And, and so we saw that to the demise of some base running. And I think that once we saw all these kind of big bopper type lineups, we re- guys, analytical guys, people in baseball, even us, we realized, oh, the base running has gone you know, by the wayside. And that is one of the best ways to score runs is taking the extra base. So I think even on the defensive side, again, when you're just going to get boppers, your defense struggles, but you're like, hey, we got a bunch of guys now that miss bats. We're throwing harder, so we don't need to prioritize defense. But as hitters kind of try to, you know, make the adjustment and put more balls into play, we've realized, look, we need to be defensively solid. Some of the best teams play defense. Uh, They don't just bop. And now you're seeing teams more and more take the extra base, realize that they're going to put themselves into more scoring opportunities by taking the extra base. So like in this time is a flat circle type of way, shout out Matthew McConaughey. We're back to balanced rosters. We're trying to balance everything out. We need to have our boppers. We need to have our guys that play defense to shore it up. We need the guys, we need guys to take the extra base. I think maybe we're finally getting to a point now where we're back. We're like, hey, this is your job. You need to be the speed guy to take the extra base. You need to be the home run hitter. You need to play defense. And I think that's a good thing for baseball. I hopefully we trend more towards that. We're doing more things on the base pass because as we saw on Monday night at the end of the game, simple stuff like taking the extra base, knowing the situation, Jeff McNeil scores on the Dom Smith grounder to first base because before the play, he knew I'm going to get a good break and I'm chugging because that's the only thing I have to do there. If they make an out, you know, the inning uh, is over and he went, took a good route, scored behind him. Mets win the game. And Trev, I think something that we a conversation we have once or twice a year, uh, whether it's base running or defense, and and you mentioned how it's becoming more part of the game. It's because we're being we're able to quantify it better. Uh, we're better able to value it. You know, the first thing that we put an emphasis on valuing was hitting and pitching, and that's still constantly evolving as we go and we're learning new things. But base running and defense uh, is a learning process and we're getting better and we're learning more things. And that's why I think you're seeing teams attack it more because it is super valuable. Anyone that's watched baseball for years could tell you that. Um, I guess the one thing I want to send to you quick, Trev was, was there ever a spring training or, or new front office person that came in when you were at the twins and they actually said, we're changing our base running philosophies or was it kind of platitudes like, Run hard, take yeah. the extra base every when it's spring, there. 
every spring training. Right. We're gonna steal. Yeah, kind of that. I mean, yeah. I, I've had um, you know, a transition from Ron Gardenhire to Paul Molitor uh, with the Twins. So that's same organization, new manager. Paul really wanted to emphasize taking the extra base and being aggressive, but that's not to say Gardenhire didn't value those things too. I mean, he had some right. of those pesky, ridiculous piranha teams that you know you got guys like. Punto taking the extra base and Alexi Casilla running down the freaking line. But I think like James said, everyone wants to be aggressive on the base pass, but if you don't have the roster constructed to do that, you're not going to do it. Yeah. One other note I want to ask Rays fans what's going on. Uh, They dropped a lot and Randy Rosarena has 0% extra base taken extra base taken and has been thrown out at every base twice at home, once at, so he's having a tough time on the base pass. Maybe it's just all oddities and rarities. You can't really deep dive into an individual thing. But race, I got yelled at. I got yelled at by Kevin Cash for getting thrown out of the base before. Love that. Yeah, they were the best last year. Uh, the Rays took the base, took the extra base the most. They didn't get thrown out. They didn't make a lot of outs on the base paths last year. Um, but yeah, Randy has a ready where I just had it up. It wasn't good. Randy's already been thrown out on the base pass four times this year. <laughs> Randy. Twice like at home. Zero percent extra <laughs> base taken. Well, well didn't the, he try to steal home behind he has, second he base has, on has, pass ball, right? He has one stolen base. Maybe those don't go towards extra base taken. I was wrong about that. Did but, you uh, see that play I'm talking about? Say it again. He was on second base and tried to go home on a pass ball. Oh. Maybe. Did you see that? <laughs> it's pretty awesome, dude. It was either him or Margot. I think it was Margot might have scored and then a Rosarena tried to come behind him because like Deekman wasn't was like behind the dish and not really paying attention and Deekman got him out. Hmm. Yeah. I dig it though. Rand- Randy be Randy. Be Randy. All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for Gibby for answering uh in the middle of his coffee run and, and chatting with us. And everyone's going to be rooting for Phillies 10 wins in a row now. Oh. I'm going to call him and say 10's too much. How many 10 wins, 10, 10 game winning streaks do we get in a season? Not many. Can we no, get, there's many seasons where you don't get 10. I think last year they had eight. If we could get them down to six, like back-to-back I, sweeps. Yeah, I was going to say sweep a homestand. Okay. I mean, you you work on that, Trev. I'm going to work on it. God, That's this, a costume. Him and Eno together and that. Guess who? We'll get Eno in one too. He won't know it, <laughs> but he will. He probably Eno Saris. If I had to bet on someone that has a a Willy Wonk outfit in a pinch, that's my guy. That's a Tuesday afternoon for Eno. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Eno. <laughs> I hope you don't think we're Pinky. making fun of you because we love you. Yeah. We have him on soon. We'll yeah. see. All right. Hey guys, thank you very much. We'll be back on Friday to recap the series that were. And now I will play the outro music.